Welcome to the Awakening Church, one of the great churches Maui has to offer. And now, Pastor Stephan Pusle with this week's message. Well, aloha, welcome. So great to have you here today. This is the Awakening Church where we just love uh, each other and just have a blast doing what we do. And so we're so glad that you're here, whether you're joining us on Facebook Live or listening in on our Awakening app, uh, or you flew in from long, far distances or you just drove across the island. We're so excited to have you part of our family today, and we're excited for what God's going to speak in and through this message this morning. Uh, we're going to be doing just a one-part, one-time one tweener. We call them tweeners because they're in-between series. And today we're going to be talking about like what Paul said, finishing what you started, finishing what you started. How many of you guys have not been very good at finishing what you start? How many of you have started more, much more things than you finished? Okay. How many have a reputation for, for known for starting something and not finishing it by your loved ones, family? Okay. All right. Great. I'm holding my hand up too. Uh, one of the things that I committed to. Uh, how many of you guys following the NBA playoffs right now? We got looks like the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I think the Spurs are uh, out of it at this point, possibly. But so we have Cleveland. And we have Golden State Warriors in a showdown, okay? Any, any Cleveland fans in here? Okay, God. <laughs> I'm, okay, yeah, LeBron, LeBron needs to learn some, some humility, right? No, I'm just joking. I can say that because there's no uh, Cleveland Cavaliers fans here. All right, well, I'm a Stephen Curry fan. Actually, I'm a Lakers fan, but I'll root for Stephen Curry because, you know, he flies the Jesus colors, so that's, that's how I roll. But anyway, one of the things that I've wanted to do for a, a pretty long time is because I've grown up in Indiana where we played basketball, and um, we, uh, we had just an amazing time growing up in the Hoosier State where basketball was it. I mean, that was king. And I grew up just this tall kid, six feet, two inches, even from the sixth grade, and you would have thought, everybody's like, oh, dunk it, dunk, you can dunk it, can you dunk it? You know, my whole life, it's like the Sprite commercial from back in the day. Remember the guy goes up with a dunk and bong, and he hits the front of the rim and falls down? Okay, well, that, that's me. I can't dunk it. For what, white boy cannot jump. For some reason, I just can't get up. And uh, so it made a goal in my life, kind of like a bucket list goal is to do exercises because it's the way you exercise is important. So if you're just doing squats with, uh, with weights, that's not going to do it for you. You're just going to be good at carrying lots of weight. So this new uh, training program says, hey, pretend you're actually doing what you're doing. Like you're going to j- jump up and dunk it, but use weights when you do it. So instead of doing slow, heavy stuff, do get a medicine ball that's, you know, somewhat heavy, and then do a bunch of, like, you're going up to Duncan. Man, I was getting closer and closer, and then life happens. And to this day, I still have not fulfilled the bucket list item of me wanting to dunk it, and it's so disappointing. It's so disappointing. I don't know about you if you've got stuff that maybe New Year's resolutions or different goals or plans that you made along the way, and you're, you're sitting here this morning saying, Pastor Stephen, I can't believe it's a, been a whole year that I've committed to being a better person, and it hasn't happened yet. I'm still the same angry guy that's far from Jesus, and I'm trying to grow in my faith and grow in my walk, but I'm, I'm, I'm behind. Uh, or, Pastor Stephen, I'm tired of lying to myself, because I'm stuck in this, this pattern of, of just 
and self-deception when it comes to making lifestyle changes or, you know, I'm going to work out every day, that type of promise. I'm, I'm going to work out. I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to start eating healthy. And then, you know, you're six months down the road and you still can do the truffle shuffle. All right. Okay. It, it's, it's frustrating. Some people, they, they just, they, since they know they're going to fail, they just set, set these lofty goals like, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to marry Scarlett Johansson, I'm going to find the lost city of Atlantis, you know, so that way I'm going to go big because I know I'm going to fail. And so we do these type of things. But here is what I want to challenge you with this morning is this. Because some of, many of us, because we failed so many times, because we've failed at finishing what we start, we're afraid to start it all. So we, we have this fear, like, if I start this, if I make this commitment, I'm just going to fail. I'm just not going to be able to follow through like so many other times when I made these commitments. And so what happens is we, we don't even start. We don't even start. So my challenge you this, for you this morning is this. You will never finish something you don't start. You never will finish something you don't start. So with that in mind, let's uh, bow our heads, uh, close our eyes. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask for God for helping us on this. This is uh, difficult for so many of us. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the good things that you're going to teach us uh, about finishing what we start or even getting over the fear of starting because we've failed so many times. Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to me um, help me to get out of the way and do your th- help you to do your thing. And, uh, and, and we pray that lives would be touched, hearts would be uh, molded. And we pray all this in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. We're going to turn in our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, we're going to just kind of open up there. By the way, we have free custom awakening Bibles for you. It's our gift to you. It's uh, one way that we just want to serve you. Also in the apps. There is, you could, you could read God's word on that as well. So that's a pretty cool thing. Also, in this moment, as we're turning here, as if, if, if you haven't yet already, there's Awakening Facebook uh, app. Uh, it's a page. And you can share the live feed with your friends and family so the gospel's preached all over Facebook world. A lot of people that will come and visit will, will follow, follow us uh, for years through Facebook Live and through our app. So it's, it's pretty cool with people logging in from um, all over the U.S., so anyway, we're going to be turning to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 26. And I'm going to ask you real quick, what is it that you need to start? Do you know you need to start it, but you're afraid of doing it because you feel like you maybe not follow through? You, you may, you, maybe you will not accomplish it. Does, does everybody have something on top of, their, top of their mind right now? There's something that you need to start and you haven't yet, okay? Uh, maybe it's to get fit or get healthy, Right? A simple start to that would be what? Get a gym membership, right? Simple. Uh, you, you want a relationship. Well, you go on to eHarmony, right? Or you go to Christian Mingle. How many of you guys have been on there before? Okay, nobody. No takers. Okay. All right. So, uh, okay, well, there's, there's different kinds. There's all kinds. Of, there's farmer only, farmers only, okay? And then there's ones that are like, all I want is for the person to shower, okay? Yeah, so there's all kinds of different dating apps. You check it out if you're single, Check it out. Um, or maybe you want stronger friendships that will challenge you and push you and convict you and hold you accountable. Well, maybe it's as simple as getting involved in one of our grow groups we do uh, during the week. 
Or maybe you want to have a, a more generous heart. What's well, as simple as tithing, starting somewhere, giving to the church. Or you want to make a dis- difference in other people's lives. So maybe you can start serving at your church, greeting somebody at the door, uh, giving somebody a hug, helping set up something. But what is it for you if you want to make a difference? Where is it that you can simply start? Um, more importantly is I want to ask the question, where is it that you want to finish? Where do you want to have your life when, when you're on your deathbed and you're looking back on your life and, you want to, and you're thinking over the things that you've accomplished? What is it that you want to have had? Is it degrees? Is it money? Is it power or influence? What is it, what is it that you want? And is that important? Is it uh, what political party you sub- subscribe to? You think that's going to be important on your deathbed? You, you think about these things. What is it, how is it you want to end your life? What do you want to be remembered for? We look at people like Moses. I mean, they're iconic. They're, he's in the Bible, and he's this guy. He parts the sea and, and, and goes and takes his people through this, and, and he, does all, he calls on these plagues and, and works with God and does these amazing things. We're like, whoa, Moses. And that's how we like to think about the story, but the reality is there is a starting point to the journey that we often ignore and we leave out. Um, but here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 26 about Moses. It says this, By faith Moses, when grown, refused the privileges of the Egyptian royal house. He chose a hard life with God's people rather than opportunistic, soft life of sin with the oppressors. He valued suffering in the Messiah's camp far greater than the Egyptian wealth because he was looking ahead, anticipating the payoff. You look at what Moses did, and a lot of those things that people want to attain, the power, the wealth, the things that you want to be remembered for, I mean, he had it. He was, he was, a, he was a part of royalty. All he, all he had to do was sit back in the Bentley and, and go on cruise, go to the parties and and eat well, and live well. That's all he had to do, but he knew that he was called to a higher purpose. He knew that when he would be on his deathbed, that there would be something much more greater than just living for himself. And so, that's where the process began. This is uh, the, the, we all know the ending of the Moses story. We know all the great things he did, but in a second, we're going to take a look at where he could begin, the starting point. But let me just say this before we, before we get into some of the details of, of his story. I just want to challenge you because many of you think it's all about finishing the race. It's all about that moment where God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Or when you've got all the fame, the fortune, the notoriety, or the respect, you've built your empire, you've, built, you've written books, or you've gone to school, you've gotten that dream job, and you think it's all about the end game. And you think about that, you dream about that continually. But what if, what if this whole journey, what if life was all about the process the moment you're in right now, be willing to say, God, I don't care where it is that, that you're taking me and I trust you, but I'm, I'm in this moment and whatever you want to show me, whatever you want to develop in me, I'm going to 
cherish this moment. I'm going to be present. I'm going to be used by you. And, and out of these, these hardships and these hurdles comes treasures that when you look back, and once you've accomplished it, you look back and you say, those were the glory days. Those were, when I was struggling and going to school and living in, a, in a, an apartment with four other dudes and two double bunk beds, and, and fighting over, you know, people getting peanut butter all over the remote control and the couch. And, and, and those were the glory days, right? And, and we think about and we reminisce. And, and, and if we're not careful on the journey to getting where God has us, if we, if we tune out the journey, we've lost. The most important part of the process is being here right now. And so what happens is when we think about where we want to end up, we get intimidated, we get afraid. And then, so it prevents us from doing something really simple when it comes to making your dreams come true, is this. Start right where you are. So many people will say, Pastor Stefan, in order to get what I want, I've got to do this, this, and this first. And then, and then I'll be in the position to, to go after what I'm going for. And the reality is like, no, 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 no. You got to start right where you are. Exodus chapter 3. Let's continue reading here. Verse 11 through 12. It says this in the message version. It says, Moses answered God, By, but why me? What makes you think that I could ever go to Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? And what does God say? I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Again, but, but oh, but God, I got to get this in line. And in order to get to go to church, I've got I've to get my life in order. Before I start school, I've got to, you know, work a little bit on this or that. And before I uh, make a commitment to this relationship, I got to get my life. Before we have kids, I've got to get financially set. Before, before, before. You know what? You'll never be ready. You'll never be ready. You have to start where you are and jump in and let God do what he does. Because guess what? He says, I will be with you. I will be with you. So it doesn't matter where you are when you know who you're with. Am I right? So, you may be sitting in here this morning saying, Pastor Stephan, I, I just feel unworthy. I don't feel like I, I'm worthy of the thing that God's calling me or the dreams that I have. I, I'm just not good enough. I've made past mistakes, and those are the things that define me, and it's ingrained into my identity and how I see myself. And God's like, get, up, get, up, get over that. Start where you are. I'm with you. Or I'm so far behind financially, I don't even want to start because it just feels so overwhelming. Like it feels like I'm throwing, you know, I'm throwing dollars in the wind and they're just being blown away. And I'm, I just can't get out of this hole. But God's with you. Start where, we, where you are. You're facing some big decisions. You're confused on which way to go, right? It's as simple as putting one foot in front of the other because God is with you. As long as God's with you, Right? If you're doing it by yourself and you're just like kind of meandering in the dark and going and starting where you are, it's a bad place, right? But when you got God with you, that's all that's important. Okay, so and making your dreams come true is as simple as starting where you are. The other idea is this, is to use what 
you already have. God's given you already the tools, the means, the resources to, to accomplish the things that he wants you to do. And you're like, well, I don't have much. Well, that didn't stop Jesus when he fed the 5,000, right? Well, I don't have much. My dream's too big to start with what I got. I've got to have a lot bigger boost. You know, they did research and they found out when they plant churches and they get them uh, fully funded two or three years out, three or $400,000, that they're not as successful as churches who start with almost nothing. They start with what they've got and they start building up and going as, building as they go. Isn't that interesting? They've even found that, that marriages, when, when you get married, the more money you spend on your wedding, the bigger start you got, the more likely you're going to have a divorce. The more you spend on your wedding ring, the more likely you'll have a divorce. Isn't that funny? Start with what you got. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I can't get married now. I can't be obedient to God and honor Him and, and my marriage because, you know, I just don't have the 50 grand it's going to take to marry my wife the way she deserves to get married. I'm like, dude, you do not need to have a $50,000 wedding. You can go to the beach. It's Maui, okay? You can have some... So you could have some hula dancer come and be beautiful and have, you could have like those little lamps that you light and they float away, you know. It's real simple. It costs you 10 bucks. You know, it costs you 100 bucks, right? Oh, I can't afford a ring. Get, get a ring tattooed on your finger. I, I, I went surfing one time and I had a $2,000 wedding ring. My wife bought me, it had diamonds in it. And I went surfing and paddling. I lost some weight, boom, gone in the ocean. I felt like I wanted to throw up. Okay, I've got a tattoo now, a ring, because I'll never lose that. I can't take it off. Somebody hits on me or something, I'll be like, well, no, can't, can't take it off. It's there. <laughs> All right? So start with what you have. Exodus chapter 4, let's continue on reading here. Uh, verses 1 through 2, it says this, But Moses protested again, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? Right? I don't have what I need to, to go. All right? <laughs> what if they say, the Lord never appeared to you? And then this, check this out. Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? What's that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. You know what that staff did. If you know the story of Moses, you know what that staff was up to and all about, right? You do some crazy things with that staff. He had everything he needed in the palm of his hand. Nobody's going to listen to me. Nobody's going to take me serious. I don't have the resources. I don't have the manpower. I don't have the army. But God said, what is in your hand? It's a staff. <clears throat> a staff. You know, and it was something that he used in his daily work. I mean, what, what Moses was doing was shepherding, right? That was the thing that he used to shepherd his sheep, to keep the wolves and the lions off of him. I mean, but it is right there with him right? And so you're raising kids, you know? You're a teacher, you're changing oil, you're in construction, you're in banking or sales or student. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? Because God can use that. God can use some businessmen in building his kingdom, right? God can use some people with some strong blue-collar work ethic. Look who he went to, the disciples, right? He went to fishermen, and tax collectors, knuckleheads. And he used the discipline and the skill and the patience they had to fishing and used that to winning souls of men and fishing for the souls of men. Now, 
<clears throat> so, single mom or a widow, are you good in numbers? You can help count after service, all right? You're good with kids? You can help in the cakey zone. You, you're good at cooking? You take a meal to somebody. You, you, you know, you like to shop? Okay? Go pick up some donuts and some, right, some, some coffee for us, right? right? You like making uh, friends and, and, and you like leading, well, lead a growth group. No matter how slow you go, you're simply, you're still, here's the thing. If you're doing something, it, it could be very small, right? Like I said, it's the thing in your hand, the staff in your hand. If you're doing something, you're still lapping the heck out of people who are still sitting on the couch, who are still sitting on the sideline on the bench watching. Am I right? So you do something. Start with where you are and start with what's within your hands. And finally, and making your dreams come true, it's as simple as doing what you can. Doing what you can. Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 to 12. Let's pick it up here. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and, and I'm not now. Even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. And then the Lord asks Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? It is not I, the Lord. Uh, is it, I'm sorry, is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. Now here's something really important. You know that Moses was terrible at communication. This was a valid excuse. And God is just saying, you know what? Just do what you can, because my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness, and even though you stumble around, I'm going to allow you to do that because you, you need to rely on me, and you need to allow me to work in and through the words that you speak, even if they don't come out perfectly. And I'm going to do that before I even, because down the road, I got Aaron, who I'm going to bring along, and he's going to be your mouthpiece for you, but I'm not going to bring him yet, because you need to learn to rely on me, right? You need to learn to rely on me and do what you can. It's a step of faith. And so many times when, when they would have um, any kind of big thing happen in Scripture, in the history of the Bible, like say like the priests, they, they, they crossed the Red Sea. Well, guess what? They had to wade in the water before that sea parted, right? There was these steps of faith that, that showed God, hey, I'm going to meet you out there. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to do what I can, right? So how many of you have ever had take your child to bed or babysit it or have a niece or nephew you had to put down to bed and then they come up with a million excuses to not go to bed. Oh, mommy, daddy, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Oh, mommy, daddy, my, my pajamas itch. Oh, mommy, daddy, but, but I need to go potty. Well, mommy, daddy, the light's not on. The door is closed. I need the door open this far, not this much, this far, right? And they'll go on and on and on. I'm hungry. Well, I'm scared of the dark. Well, I can't go in the bathroom because the lights are off, right? And they go down the list. Oh, but mommy, daddy, will you sing me this song? Will you read me my story before they go to bed? And I'm in there right now because I have a three-year-old that's just turned four and a five-year-old that's just about to turn six. 
and I'm about ready to have a son in July. If he comes out the 4th of July, yeah, God, God is good. If he comes out the 4th of July, I'm going to have to nickname him Bam Bam because it's Independence Day, right? Um, um, but anyway, so I'm going to be doing that whole process over. I thought about how old I'm going to be once he, he's out of the house. I'm going to be old. He's going to be old. There's going to be a lot of this. Um, but the thing is, is that we as human beings do that same thing with God, right? God's like, go to bed. Like, not go to bed, but go take that hill. Go get that job. Go get that education. Get after that, that woman and marry her. Go, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, he's telling you to do something, but you're like, but, 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 but. And we, have, we list all these things. And God's just saying, you know what? I just want you to put one foot in front of the other and do what you can. Right? Do what you can. Start where you are. Use what you got. Do what you can. And you may, you may be sitting here, Pastor Stephan, my marriage is in trouble. And it, it, it does not, it, it's not working. It, it, it's, we're, we're, in, we're in deep trouble. Am I saying that you're going to, if you do what you can, that you're going to heal a marriage today? No. But you can go home today and you can apologize. You can do a simple thing of like, hey, I love you. Or take a walk on the beach with them. Reconnect with them. Give them some flowers. You can do something, right? Do what you can. You know, relationships, just real quick, as a side note, relationships are like a bank account, okay? You can invest and you can deposit into somebody's emotional bank account by kind words, by serving them, by loving them unconditionally, by putting them first, by loving them like your own body, by submitting to each other. You do these things and you invest into the emotional bank account and relationships, but when you say something hurtful or mean or unkind or you, 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 do, you uh, break their trust, you're making withdrawals. And some of our relationships are in the negative balance when it comes to emotional bank account. And, and we're wanting to like all of a sudden snap our fingers in one day and for it all to be fixed and have a million bucks in that person's emotional bank account. No, do what you can. Take a step and do what you can. Because as you're being faithful and you're, and you're embracing the process and the journey and the struggle, right, as you're doing that, and then and, and you're enjoying where you are and allowing God to be there with you in that. These are going to be the glory days. Remember when we worked so hard and we restored our marriage? That was the best part. Right? I bet you ask couples who, who the, the marriage was on the verge of brink and then they did the hard work and now their relationship is better. They'll look back and say, those were the days that we'll remember that when we fought for it, when we worked hard and God did his thing. Right? So, here's a big challenge. How, how do you apply this to your life? I want to make it real simple. Right? You ready? Get your pens ready to write this down. So, so pivotal, so wise, so deep, so strong. It's real simple. You be you and let God be God. You be you and let God be God. What is you being you, right? That's what, start where you are. Use what you have, right? Do what you can. That's you being you. But then you let God do the miracle. 
because a lot of you are hoping and praying for miracles. And it will come. But you be you and you let God be God. You trust him. Say, God, you're God and I'm not. So I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to trust that you are in the process of blessing me with a treasure, with a gift. And at the end, there's going to be a blessing. So let you, God, you do your thing. You refine my character. You take the impatience and the pride out of me. You do whatever you got to do to set me up to succeed, to set me up for the blessing. You know, and sometimes God's like, you know what? I'm not giving you the blessing right now because you're not ready to receive it. You're gonna, not going to catch it. It's going to fall through your hands. You know what? But so you've got to go through some things, and then you're going to get the reward. So be patient. Be, be faithful. You let God be God, and you do you. Right? And some of us are focused on the 50th step in the process out of 100. And we're, we're, just, we're just needing to focus on the first step. How many of you guys get like a desk out and you have to make it and assemble it and you get the instructions out and you're like, ah, I got and then you just start, you know, like start doing it. And before you know it, you're in trouble and you have to go back to step one and do what the instructions say, right? That's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 26. We're going to read this scripture again just so it, it sticks, okay? This is the first one we started with. By faith, Moses, when grown, refused the privileges of the Egyptian royal house. He chose a hard life with God's people rather than an opportunistic soft life of sin with the oppressors. He valued suffering in the Messiah's camp for greater than Egyptian wealth because he was looking ahead, anticipating the payoff. Well, what if we, we, we took that verse and instead we injected you? Instead of using the name Moses... You. Let's read that verse again. By faith, when you had grown up, you refused to be known as simply a product of your past. Right? You chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. You regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of the world because you were looking ahead to your reward. Doesn't that sound cool? You want to live like Moses did. It's real simple. Because you got one shot at this. Moses had one shot at it. But you will never finish what you don't start. And starting is as simple as start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. And then that, and out of that, God shines. God shines. See, the thing is, is that he wants you to be in a place that even in the process to your blessing and your dream coming true, he wants your life to be attractive, to be inspiring. Be like somebody look at your life and say, wow, they don't have much. They, they don't have much money or they don't have a great position or they don't have the things that I think that'll be. But by God, look at them. Look at the way they, they go after it. Look at the way they're present in this moment. Look at the way they love. Look at the way they, they're blessed with relationships. Look at how they push through those struggles. And look at how they, he's got this thing, God thing on him. And it's attractive. And, and I, you know, I don't have much, but I want that. And I looked at this youth pastor that lived on the, on, on, on the property where I grew up. And my dad had had not much money growing up. Before that, we lived in this small farmhouse. And, and we didn't have anything at all. 
And in fact, I shared a one bedroom with three other with three of us brothers, and one like like eight by ten. It was not even that. It was like eight by eight area, eight by six, really small. And man, it was just close up to here. And we had nothing. We had no money. All the kids had the nice shoes, the Air Jordans and the Reebok pumps and all those cool things. And I never had any of that stuff. And then when I got older, my dad got this amazing job. And he got, you know, he, he became this airline pilot, traveled the world. And now we had this big house and we had a swimming pool. And I was loving this. And I was like, man, I want to accomplish this. Ah, this is what I want with my life. And then one day this, you know, we, we had this property. So the old farmhouse is where I, I grew up. It's on the same 25 acres of land. And, and then there was this chicken coop on, in, this, in this, this farmhouse property, this chicken coop that my dad had renovated and made into an apartment that he'd been renting out to people. And we called it the chicken coop, okay? And then there was this guy that, that my dad rented to, and he was this young youth pastor, and he had cool tattoos and, he, and in the chicken coop, he had these photos of Hawaii, like my dream place, you know, and I wanted to be one day. And he had this beautiful wife, and he was happy, and he was going after God, and he was being faithful with little. And you know what I said to myself? And I wasn't a Christian then. You know what I said to myself? I could be happy being where he is. Look at his wife. Look at, he's, there's something about his life that is attractive and, you know, the world, is, they don't, they, that, that does not look attractive to most of the world. But when you look at it, when you really look at it, to the sinners look at your life, it ought to be attractive to them. No matter where you are in the process, because you're being obedient, you're embracing the process, you're loving God with all your heart through it. And that's what God wants for you, right? So stop saying, well, I'm not going to start because I'm going to fail. I'm not going to start because I've got to do this, this, and this before I can start where I am at. Or I don't have what I've, I need. Or, or I, you know, I, I can't do it. I can't. This, this reason is why. This is the reason why I can't do it. This is the other reason why I can't do it. Just like a little kid. And we go out and we, and we prevent from even starting because we have this fear of failure, right? And we need to just get rid of this whole fear of failure thing. There's a whole message series I did on that, right? Failing is just learning one other way that how not to do what you're doing. Uh, to, to have success, right? Uh, is it, um, I'm not going to get his name wrong. Okay, the guy that invented the light bulb, don't say his name. Don't, it's not, it's not Einstein, is it? It's, it's Edison. Yeah, 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 dang it, I did it again. So he could have wrote a book, he could have wrote a book on a thousand ways not to make a light bulb, right? Okay, and you look at Michael Jordan's story about how he got cut from the basketball team. You look at all these stories and there's a struggle, and we, we need to get, eliminate this whole idea of, of failing as this bad thing. It's just, it's just part of the process. You take somebody, you throw them up on a black diamond snow, snow summit, and then you take somebody, put them, somebody else on a bunny hill, and they've got three days to learn how to ski. Guess who's going to be a good skier after three days? Somebody who's going charging down black diamonds, even though they're failing and they're falling and they're, you know, they're going to be a better skier. Okay? So you've got to do something. Just start where you're at. We're going to close. We're going to bow our heads, close our eyes, because so many of us, we struggle with this. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for what we're learning about how we, sh- we ought to finish what we start. And for so many of us, it's so difficult because we just got this track record, and we go back, and we, and we look at the things that we've not finished, the, fi- the things that we ought to finish, what we started and, and 
and it's not there, and we get frustrated. And so, Lord, we forget to just what it feels like to start things. Or maybe we're the opposite end of things. We, we start things and we never finish them because we, we, we forget some simple things. And so either one of those categories, if, if you're afraid to start because of past failure or that you maybe you start too many things and don't finish, and you're just like, hey, Pastor Stephan, I need prayer this morning. I, I want God to start uh, helping me, you know, start where I am, you know, use what I got and do what I can and, and just be faithful to that process. Um, and if you're in here, would you be courageous without anybody looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed, and say, you know what, Pastor Stephan, without a doubt, that's me. I need prayer this morning. Would you raise your hand? God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see lots of hands. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Good. Lots of hands. Lots of hands. That's awesome. That's my hand raised too as I'm praying for myself when I pray with you guys. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to let you be you. God, you're God. But help us to be us. And do the simple things. The simple things that require just being faithful. Simple starting points. Using the resources we got and just being consistent. Do what we can within our ability. Um, and, and Lord, there are marriages that, that need to be fixed. Lord, there's finances that are disarray. There's dreams that of finishing school or getting jobs that are not yet accomplished. And I, I see greatness. I see greatness in the people sitting here in the awakening this morning because where you're going to take them is so amazing and so incredible. And right now, because they've risen their hands and they said, God, and in their humility, they said, God, I need your help. You will be there with them. And so, Holy Spirit, do your thing. Do your work in their life and help them to, and, and give them the desires of their heart Give them a future and a hope. Lord, do the things that you promised and help us to be faithful on our end. And we thank you that even when we're faithless, still you are faithful, Lord. And, and we, uh, we pray that in Jesus' name. Continue to pray this morning. If you are far from God, if you feel like, man, I, 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 I this God thing, I, I don't know about that. I, I've never given my life to God. I've never surrendered to him. Well, you've tried everything in the book, and are you happy? Are you where you need to be? So many of us, we tried the world. We tried to go after things. And many of us even got it. We, we attained it, and yet there was still an emptiness that only God could fill up. You want to fill that emptiness with the, the puzzle piece that, that was made for you. That is God's spirit. You can say a simple prayer. And it, maybe even you've, you've uh, a long time ago, you've given a heart to Jesus, but you've gotten off track. And, and you want to bring it back today. You want to you rededicate your life to simple prayer, both of you in both categories, whether you've never given your heart to God or if you just want to rededicate your life to Him, you say this prayer. And if we could all say it out loud so nobody feels left out, um, we're going to say this prayer together. And this, this is the word you say. You say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross for me. Not only did you die, Jesus, you rose from the dead and you conquered death so that I could be free. Jesus, I believe you're Lord, and I want you to be the Lord of my life. Come in my heart. Wash me clean. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name.
you to pray this morning with your eyes closed and heads bowed. If you, if you said that prayer, if you rededicated your life to him or you gave your heart to Jesus for the first time, would you be courageous without anybody looking around, eyes closed, head bowed? Would you raise your hand so I can pray for you this morning? Anybody? God bless you. See your hand. Good. God bless you. See your hand there. Good. Good. Anybody else? God bless you. See your hand. God bless you. Good. 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 Lord, I'm going to pray for him now. Lord, I thank you so much for the people who've, who've taken a step of faith this morning. And Lord, I just pray that they would sense right now the power of the presence of your Holy Spirit. Lord, surround them right now with your peace. Surround them right now with your love. Fill their hearts, Lord. Lord, forgive them. Wash them clean. Do your thing, Lord. Uh, bring alive in them what was dead, Lord. Breathe on those dry bones. We thank you for the new life we have when we surrender our lives to you. We thank you for when we when someone who turns away from God turns back to him. And we thank you for that in these people this morning. We praise you in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen. Let's give God a praise this morning. That's good. Thank you for joining us this week. The Awakening Church is a church that unchurched people love to attend, where real people can come as they are and connect with others who love God. If you're on Maui, please come join us. If you're not on Maui or you can't attend a service, check us out online at theawakening.org or download our Awakening Church app. You'll find past messages, online Bible studies, scripture, and lots of other cool stuff, including ways where you can help us continue our mission. If this message has blessed you, you can help us increase our reach by giving to The Awakening Church, either on our app or online. Thank you for joining us. Aloha.